It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever. I'm here with Laura Pereno. We are in our second month, Laura, focusing on our series called Planted with Growth. And I can't remember how many years ago we did Grow Beyond. It's probably... I don't know what, two or three years ago, the Beyond Women's Conference hosted a Grow Beyond One Day Women's Conference. And let me encourage you, if you enjoy teachings that are on the YouTube, if you go to beyondwomensconference.com and you can find the links to our YouTube channel, all the teachings from that conference are there. We actually, we feel like we're scaling down things on this teaching compared to the full teaching that you can get on that YouTube channel. What an experience that was where God was using plants, frankly, my history of killing plants, to teach (laughs) me that um, I can't be limited by my past failures. I need to really allow God to teach me, and I was able to grow plants that year. It was a big deal. But as we are getting into this second month of these teachings, Laura, you sunk your teeth in at that conference on the topic of roots. And so as we get into... Uh, this teaching, this podcast today, you have got to start off with part of your story of what you experienced years ago. Debbie, I am so excited about this teaching. I've been so excited about all of these teachings on roots and plants because really, if we think about right now, what is it? It's the beginning of April. What's going on under the dirt right now and what's starting to just come out? You know, little little signs of life. And so all of these teachings relate back to plants and, and the beauty that God created and how he just has so many lessons for us in the things around us. And Years ago, actually, it would have been the same year that I went, we did the Grow Beyond Women's Conference. I went to Malaysia with uh, Dan and some friends, and it's amazing how God speaks to you no matter where you are, what country you're in, whatever's happening, and boy, that really seems like a long, long time ago since we aren't traveling right now very much at all. But we were in Malaysia, and Malaysia is this amazing country that's made up of 99 islands, which is just shocking right there. But we went out on jet skis one day for an adventure, and... Uh, the, our tour guide was taking us, now we didn't see all 99 islands, but he took us to so many of the islands and we would just kind of ride our jet skis to the island, get off quickly, get back on our jet skis and go. And I mean, crazy stuff. One island is completely inhabited by monkeys, like only monkeys on this (laughs) island. It's so crazy. You can get out and you can walk among the monkeys and believe me, you want to get right back in your, um, in your jet ski. Another island, as soon as you got close to it, the whole thing became this crazy echo chamber. Another one, they just had ginormous, gorgeous waterfalls. And there was another island when you're on one side of it, the weather was kind of one way. And when you got on the other side, it was completely a different way. So every island just was completely different and so amazing. And each, each one had its own, you know, traits that made it special. But there was this one island that we went to and and he was kind of just saying, here's here's this other island. It's it's named whatever it is. And and I noticed um, that in the water where the sand would have been in the water, there were just so many trees. And it wasn't just the fact, honestly, that these trees were planted in the water. I mean, Deb, they were deep, deep in the water. This isn't just like they had a flood and you know how sometimes the creek will overflow and you see trees in the water. This was the real deal. These plants were actually living and thriving and growing in the middle of the water. 
But they also were probably the, and I hate to say this because all of nature is beautiful, but probably the least attractive tree I'd ever seen in my life. Like the roots that you could see, there were all these roots above the water that were just ugly and like they were twisted and it was, it just looked like a mess. It looked like something you'd want to put out for the, you know, the, when they come by to take the leaves in the fall, it just was a mess. And I was just uh, asking the, the gentleman, like, what is up? at this island with these trees, these ugly trees that are growing in the water. Like, what is their story? And he told me a story about these trees. He told me that they're called the mangrove trees, but he told me a specific story and the purpose behind these trees that literally blew my mind. Now, I shared the story, like you were saying, at our women's conference. And at the end of this episode, um, really want to hit on what this amazing story was because these trees, like we've talked about with David and we talk about it with ourselves, these trees had a royal position. And this tree was given a royal position, like planted for a purpose, and their roots had such a significant part to play in that planting. When you just said that, you know, we're planted for a specific purpose and um, and our roots going down, it takes me back to Psalm 1. That's where we went in March yes, when we shared yes. about David, about how that tree, to be that gal, right? We want to be that tree that's planted by the water. But, you know, as you take it further, God always has more, right? More mm-hmm. to learn. It's interesting, though, that God would put these trees in the water, not just planted by the water, but in the water. If you go to Jeremiah 17, 8, listen to this. They're, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. It's not saying it reaches deep into the soil. It's deep mm. in the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat mm. or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And yet, this is Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet to Israel in one of the darkest times of their their history. It's when they were in exile all those years where you think that maybe God has forgotten you. You know, where your circumstances are like the heat of summer or like the long months of drought. It's like, this This just stinks. Yes. You know, my situation just stinks. And yet, it's in that time that they're saying, you could be like a tree where your roots are deep into the water yep. so that you don't you don't wither up you know you don't yep. fall apart in those really dark seasons but that sounds like those mango trees that you were talking about uh, absolutely um you know the mangrove tree has three different root systems deb uh and we're going to talk about each one because what's crazy is each one honestly relates right back to us you know i can't wait to get into this but when you google a mangrove tree. And honestly, I'd recommend everybody do it. Uh, get out there, Google mangrove tree and look at them because you will see, and if you study it out, these three different root systems, root structures that the tree has, um, they're just all twisted up like I was sharing at the beginning here. But remember last time on this on these uh, podcast episodes, we were just talking about the fact that David went through twisting and there was that word gadol and the way that we grow and advance is by being twisted as if we were a cord being twisted into twine. And so here you see this picture of all of these roots just being twisted. And I remember when I saw the tree, I was like, oh my goodness, the roots are all being twisted, purposed, 
to grow. Like there is a growth that accompanied David in the twisting. There is a growth that accompanies the tree in the twisting. And there is a growth that accompanies us in the twisting as well, because God has created all of those things, right? The trees and us to grow. Like we are putting down roots just like the tree was in order for us to grow. So three roots you're saying, and you're going to, I know you're going to be describing what these are like. There are three main roots to each of us, the way God has created us. We have body, we have our soul, and we have our spirit. And people may go, well, what exactly are those parts? The body is your physical body. And he certainly created us with our physical body. Our soul would be more like your emotions, would be your uh, mind. It would also be your will, your right to choose. And then we have the spirit part of us, which has been made new when we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. His spirit comes in and lives inside of us. But you have this three parts of us, but each part of us has specific needs. Just like these roots serve a purpose and they have specific needs, each part of us, body, soul, and spirit, has specific needs. But what each part of us needs is to be tapped into the water supply, the river of God, right into him. So today, as we're going to quickly look at these, the root structure of this mango tree, and then we're going to look at how does this relate to us? Because you and I, everybody has those three parts of us, similar, um, there's a similar dependency upon what we're anchored into, what we're rooted into. So I cannot wait. And I know you're excited because I can hear it in your voice to get, (laughs) let's just start digging into what these parts of the roots are. Yeah, you know, even while you were just talking, I was I was thinking, I think I'm going to post these pictures on our Facebook page at Beyond Women's Conference so that people can uh, check out these trees because it's just so amazing to see these different roots. But if you um if you look at the first set of roots, Debbie, they're called surface roots. And these are really the ones that you could see or that I could see when I was on my jet ski. It's the messy ones on the top. They actually, they don't go deep. They kind of reach way out side to side, front to back. They're circular. Um, but they reach out for a couple of different purposes, two purposes specifically. Well, I remember you posting that picture and I remember thinking that is like a disaster right there. (laughs) Like it's kind of like the Christmas lights that you can't even figure out what the the purpose is. Exactly. But but one of the things you had said was those messy roots. The cool thing about them is they actually provide shelter for the smaller animals that are around it. The animals that are like somebody is chasing me to eat me. Yes. They go they go diving into that mess of a root structure because they're small enough and the predators can't get to them. Yes. They're safe there. Yes, it is crazy, isn't it? In those messy places. <laughs> yeah. God has given us these roots that are often used to right, give, show people protection and, and point them back to Jesus. Um, there's also another purpose for these surface roots, and it, it's the craziest thing. This water, and I, honestly, I didn't notice it until I studied it, but the water there in Malaysia is so salty, and it's it's actually too salty for a tree to live in. And so, but God plants the tree in the place that is surrounded by water that wants to choke it out. Like It's crazy. God purposefully puts this plant in a place that is surrounded by things that would want to take it down, cut off its life. But what the Lord does is inside of the surface roots, he has actually put um, a D salinization program as crazy as that sounds the roots these surface roots soak in the water they take the salt 
out of the water so that the water goes into the plant will not destroy the plant. That's crazy. It is crazy because, you know, we have to have these roots and God has given us these roots that are purposed to actually allow us to thrive in places where things may be trying to get us down. We all have been there. We've all been in places before in life where we're like, why are we planted here, right? That This is trying to bring me down or this stress is going to take me down, whatever it looks like. God has given us something. He has given us a root that is specifically purposed to keep us thriving with the water that we need, yet getting rid of all of the stuff around us. Um, Shocking, because these are the ugliest roots that are there, and yet God has purposed them to protect other life in the water and also to uh, provide life for the tree, even when the tree is surrounded by stuff that would purpose to bring it down. When you look at nature, and God planned that, he knew those trees were going to be planted. He knew the water would be too salty and he provided. Yep. He provided a tool for that, not only to survive, but to thrive. Yep. Right. And what a reminder for us, because there's times where we feel like, God, our environment is sucking the life out of us. And he's like, in the midst of that, I'm right there and Mm -hmm. I am your provider to everything that you need so that you don't just survive, but you can thrive. Amen. Yeah, we've been looking at David all the way through this on his trek to the throne and the twisting that was going on in his life. And surely he had many years of many years and many experiences of twisting going on. But in the midst of that, God was providing for him to be protected and to be held close to himself so that he would be able to grow through it, that he could be able to not just survive, but but thrive. I think of Psalms 27 verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And that's David's words. You know, David's like in the midst of the hard stuff, he pulls me in. He hides Amen. me, pulls me close in his presence, in his tabernacle, in his, pre- in his presence. And it's in that place that Uh, the mess that's still going on around him, he's in a safe place. Amen. Amen. That is just as powerful. Uh, The second set of roots, if you remember from the women's conference, was actually called, they were called heart roots. So you've got this messy surface root that you can see with your eyes when you're on your jet ski. But then uh, underneath and kind of, again, I'll post the pictures on the Facebook page, but if you can kind of imagine, uh, roots that are under the water, but they kind of all go out and then down. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of an umbrella that's not fully, Mm -hmm. um, put up. So think about all of those spokes on an umbrella and then having those spokes go into the mud. These are called heart roots and there's a specific purpose for them too. Those heart roots are actually anchors and they go down deep and out and they stay underwater and they're rooted in the mud. And what they do is those roots are there not to protect those around them, not to keep the bad stuff away, like the, the, all the salt, but those roots are there to keep the tree from swaying or falling over when the storms come. And they are called heart roots. They keep the tree grounded, secure, and stable. So when things fly around them, right, and when the winds come, they are going to stay anchored. The purpose for these heart roots is to anchor isn't that interesting that the name is heart root mm. and yet for us too, is you feel like your emotions get the best of you 
when when things start to get a little bit dicey around you. And we need to be able to be anchored, not only in our emotions, but in our thinking, you know, because your mind can start to go a, a bunch of directions. And, when, and then you, your will, your will starts going all over the place because you can't even make a decision because yep. you're just off balance. And so we, what do we do for those three roots within us, right? Our body our, and our soul and our spirit. How do we anchor all of that? into uh, into God because in order to be able to assume those positions those royal positions that God has called each one of us to we cannot be people that fly off the handle we have to be able to be controlled doesn't mean you have perfect self-control but like like you may sway a little bit but you never pull from the position the anchor the anchor keeps you from losing your position and what you believe about God and your convictions and you're not going to be swayed in the way you're feeling in your heart or what your mind is doing or that attitude that says, you know what? I'm not going to submit to your will. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm. We struggle with that. And David, on his road to the palace, you know, on his road to the throne, that royal position that God had for him, he had to learn how to be anchored deep in that relationship with God. He had to have his emotions, you know, rooted in him. He had to have what he had a lot of time to think while he was hiding, you know, while he was running. And so God was like, I'm going to let you go through this twisting time mm-hmm. to let these heart roots yep. go down deep into who God said he was. Yep. That is amazing because sometimes I think the things that God allows in our lives in order to grow us, those twisting times, sometimes we pray like God take it away. Right. And sometimes he does, but sometimes he has to keep it there because these are the things that are going to keep these roots growing and strong so that when the storms of life come, we do stay anchored just like that tree would stay anchored when there was strong winds. Now, if you know, Saul, uh, we left David off, what, in in 1 Samuel 17, I think, and uh David had gotten his royal position. He was going to fight Goliath. Well, in the meantime, uh, King Saul invites David into the palace to play the lyre because King Saul's going through some stuff. He wants some music in the palace. And so he invites uh, David, little does he know he's anointed to be the next king, into his palace to play the music. And King Saul gets disturbed and he starts throwing swords at David, the shepherd boy, right? He starts getting swords thrown at him. This is right after he gets his royal position, guys. So this is where if you're not anchored in what you need to be anchored in, you're going to fall and you're going to go the wrong way. We talked about the fact Deb just said that our anchor is, or our soul, I'm sorry, is our heart. It's our mind. It's our thoughts. It's our emotions. David was learning and God was using this moment with King Saul to grow those roots that would anchor David's thoughts as he was in this trial in this time of twisting. Because I have to think that most of us, if we were invited into the palace, into the White House, into wherever, to play the lyre or whatever we know how to play or what we know how to do, if we were invited into the palace in order to use our gifts and talents (laughs) to bless the one in in authority, and that one turned around and started throwing spears at us, (laughs) I would imagine that I would probably go like, this was not on the invitation list. This is not what I bargained for. Like, And my thought life (laughs) would have been like, I am out of here. I am not staying in this place. This is crazy. I'm out. But God 
had a purpose and David knew there was a purpose for him to be in this place of twisting. And so God was developing him in this crazy time to be a man whose thoughts would be fixed and stayed on what God said, God's purposes. Isn't it interesting? He probably knew none of those swords were going to take him out or those spears were going to take him out. Why? Because he knew there was a royal position coming and he hadn't seen it yet, right? He's like, Saul's not going to take me down. God's got the throne for me. And so he just... What he've had all his body parts. I mean... That's right. Still, a spear is still going towards That's him. That's right. But he put his trust in God, right? And he, he kept his thoughts anchored on what God said. And so he was able to stay and take the position that he was supposed to take. And we got to do it too. We got to keep our thoughts anchored in what God says when the spears come flying and um, we find ourselves in places we didn't expect to be on our road to our royal position. You know, any of any of David's family or maybe some of his friends would have totally justified in their minds if he had fought back. Yep. Yeah. You know, after yeah. all, they had witnessed, you know, him get anointed as the next king. So he knew this was where he was heading. And if you, you hit a point where your emotions are like, you know, I'm done. I either run or I take you down. You know, I don't yep. think there would have been a whole lot of his circle that would have resisted that. Yes, yes. You know, and Saul was so haywire half the time that there are probably even people in the palace that might be like, well, it'll be a little calmer around here. Yes. <laughs> who knows who knows who else you know he flipped out on. Yeah, right. But, but David the key, David was not somebody who was driven by pleasing people. Mm-hmm. He wasn't driven by man's approval. It says that he was a man after God's own heart and his heart was committed to doing things God's way. At the end of the day, I want to be pleasing to, to God. And so he resisted probably some thoughts. Uh, I could just take him down. You yep. know, uh, he, he resisted probably a lot of emotions that would have justified it. He could have probably talked to some other people in the palace and said, what do you think? Let's like form a coup. Yeah. And, yeah. And go after Saul. But he didn't do that. Yep. He, he was really, he was patient in the twisting, you know, in those challenges. And he knew that God, had he knew that God was doing something bigger than he could understand. Yep. And he was willing to wait. He was yep. willing to surrender to God's time. And you yep. know, honestly, he was a he was a teenager, you know, when he was anointed. Yep. And so to be king of a country, of a nation, he wasn't ready. Yep. Like he had some maturing to go through. How many times do we think we're mature and then we just flip out? Yep. And we really don't have the control of ourselves that we thought we did. Yep. God will use those hard times if we'll submit to him and make a choice to do it his way, he will he will work in our lives to help us to be able to uh, be more anchored in him so that our emotions and our thought lives don't drive us yep. uh, in the wrong direction. And if we want to sit in those places of our royal position, then we have got to be people who are anchored so that we have some self-control over our emotions and our thoughts. Amen. That is This is good stuff. I'll tell you, because like we go through these struggles and we need to, it is hard. It is hard to control our emotions and thoughts, but we can when we are controlled by the spirit, right? It's either we're going to be controlled by the spirit or by the flesh. And when we choose to be controlled by the spirit, our thoughts and our emotions are going to be lined up with the mind and the heart of God. Now, the third structure or the third root structure is honestly one root. All these others had multiple roots. And actually, there's a lot of the the twisted ones on the surface. There's not quite as many of the anchor, but then there's only one root uh, as the final root structure we're going to study today. And that 
actually goes straight down. It's just the final root. One big root goes straight down into the deepest, darkest places in the mud. And it's the place where you find the most minerals and the most nutrients. And if the plant or the tree did not have this one root, even though it has the surface roots and it has the heart roots, it's going to die uh, a, a death. It's not going to survive because it's not getting what it needs in order to survive. And, um, you know, God was advancing David, but he wouldn't position David on the throne until David had spent time in the most secret, intimate time, places with God, crying out and digging deep for those things, those nutrients, those minerals, we can call them, that only God could give. Before David could advance to the throne, he had to go there. And I think we all probably know what our there is, you know, that broken place, that time where we have just gone straight to God, deep into the mud to find what he has for us in these, um, in these broken times. David was on the on the run for his life, he was in a place where he could only cry out to God. Um, and really, the final piece of David's journey to the throne, we find him running from King Saul, running for his life, literally being hunted for his life. And I've never felt that way. I no. Remember, no, I remember the closest. I'm trying to think. What did I ever feel that way? Like being hunted, maybe back uh, playing in the woods as kids. You know, where mm. somebody is chasing you. Mm. Uh, but it's overwhelming. There's times where your circumstances, your environment are just piling up and you just don't know how you're going to get through where it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Especially when God has planted a vision in your, in your heart about this is where I'm taking you and you're not there yet. And you're like, man, this is not the road that I thought I would be taking to get to what you've promised yes. me. You know? Yes. Yes. He knew he was going to be king. This, if this is what being a king looks like, I'm really, I don't, yeah. think, I, I don't think I want it. <laughs> right. you know, I don't feel very royal. I don't feel right. really respected. I mean, a king has a certain air about here. I'm hiding in a cave. Hmm. But, I, you know, you, if you could just see our lives from the eternal perspective that God has, God saw what he was doing in David. Mm. David just saw what was happening in front of him. And frankly, you're talking about a land before telephones, before mm. TV, before Google. And so sitting in a cave day after day, after day, wondering what's happening on the outside and not knowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think we're irritated because we can't know what's happening. We have a lot more information ahead of us than David had, that's for sure. So in those moments, he had a lot of time to spend one-on-one with God and just um, cry out to him uh, for help in a way that he had never experienced before. Even while he was a shepherd, you know, out on the fields. Yeah. He would, he had a lot of time with God, but I think he didn't feel as overwhelmed. Yep. As I think when we're really overwhelmed, we really cling to the Lord even more. But he hits this point, Laura, where he's experienced hunger. He's alone, like literally alone at this point. Even his mighty men that stuck through all kinds of stuff with him, they abandoned him. Yep. You know, the enemy that at once, you know, one time he was hiding with an enemy and then the enemy turned his back on him. In fact, took his wife and his children. He was being hunted by this madman, crazy king, whose goal was to destroy him. And it says in 1 Samuel 36, it was at this point, David strengthened himself in the Lord. It's that one root. He had no other options. Yep. No other options. And if you're going to wear the crown 
if you're going to wear, take that royal position that God has for you, and he has one for each of us, then we have got to get to the place where there is only one root. That's right. I mean, we can be encouraged by by each other, but unless we have that one root that goes down deep, deep, deep into the the mineral source, right? The source of, of the Father, we're not ready. We're not ready to take that position. You have to, in order to get to that throne, you need to know that your only strength, at the end of the day, your only strength comes from him. That is so true. And I know we can all look back in our stories, honestly, and find those moments where we didn't think we could make it. But those are the places where he showed us where our true strength comes from and that he is the source where the minerals and the nutrients come from that sustain us, that give us life, that keep us rolling, even in the hardest of times. If that mangrove tree hadn't had that one that one root that went all the way down, the other roots wouldn't be any good. You know, we have to have that understanding and cling to the Lord as our only source in order for those other roots to work as well. And isn't it interesting? I mean, of course, this is God. It's one root. It's just one root. Like there's just one. There's only one that is going to sustain us in this way. It's just God. So like the mangrove tree, you know, we may not look pretty all the time. We may have a tangled mess around us. We may be uh, working to keep ourselves anchored in some way. But when it all comes down to it, um, do we want to be known, honestly, for those of us who uh, keep ourselves outwardly beautiful or do we want to be known by our roots? And I, uh, the question today you know, before we uh, wrap up with this amazing royal purpose that the um, roots of this mangrove tree has, I think uh, the question before we go there is really, are our roots healthy? Because the trees that I saw in Malaysia, all three of their root structures were in place, and so they had green leaves. They were doing what they were purposed to do. Um, there's there's a lot to this. Body, soul, and spirit. Is there a root system that needs more strengthening? Are we uh, going down deep into the places with the Lord where he speaks to our hearts, you know, those rhema words that we talk about, and when we open up our, our Bible and we spend time with just him, are we uh, growing that root that goes right to the Father, right? <laughs> Is that root strong? And then, you know, from there, how are those anchor roots that we, or the heart roots that anchor us? Um, when you look at that that root structure, where are our uh, thoughts or our emotions when the crisis hits? Uh, what is up with our will? Is it fully surrendered to his? Do we need some more uh, work on those roots in order to keep us firm when the winds come down around us? And then what about the surface roots, those messy places that actually God has provided, we could call them even our testimony, to speak life to other people, to show them the source of, of comfort and protection, and then also to be that uh, root that keeps us protected from the things around us that would try to bring us down. There's a lot of different root structures here, and yet it sounds like a lot of work. I do have to say that tree probably doesn't do a whole lot of work in growing those roots. He just keeps going down deeper and deeper, going to where the nutrients come from and all the other roots grow from it. Um, you know, are we, are we focused on, uh, getting those roots to the place where they need to be in order to keep our tree ourselves, uh, growing and thriving in the way we need to be in the water where we find ourselves? You know, we talk about, uh, roots or something that's, that are under the surface. You can look at some amazing trees and wonder how in the world they stand up through some of the storms. Yes, that's so right? true. It's the, and the key is not the size of the tree, it's the depth of the roots. 
But you can also, you know, we live, you used to live close to uh, White Clay Creek where we have a lot of trees down by my house and the woods. And what you wonder when you, when you ride your bike through these trails and you go, wow, that's a huge tree that is now laying down. Like that was quite a force of wind to take it down, but it's also surrounded by 50 other trees that didn't go down. And so what was the difference in the, what they, what they say is the roots got rot, mm. you know, rotten roots. And, but from the surface, you didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at those roots going down and we have to ask ourselves in the midst of our, whether life is kind of comfortable right now or twisting, are we growing? Where, like, are we growing? Are our roots healthy? We, we won't really know till the winds start to blow. Mm-hmm. And so David, I think he had some pretty good root structure out there in the in the fields with his sheep. Yep. But God said in order for him to be ready for the next field, the palace, he needs to have some twisting in order for those roots to go down deep. And yep. at that point, he's really going to be able to be prepared to be the king that the nation needed. So, Debbie, this really takes me to the final story that I wanted to share because there was a royal position for these um, trees that is so huge, so ginormous. But there was a tsunami that took place in Asia. You know, we all heard about it many, many years ago. And during the tsunami, many, many people in Malaysia sadly lost their lives and the waves came over and they just took out cities and villages and and there was such destruction all over the um the country and what they realized as they went through afterward and looked at all of the different villages and all of the islands is that there were some islands that had villages on them and little towns on them but just by happenstance which we understand that does not happen right the lord had purposed for mangrove trees to be planted in the water in front of these particular islands. And what they found out when they investigated and evaluated all of the tragedy on all of these islands, it's that the islands that had mangrove trees planted in the water all around the island did not suffer the same devastation as the islands that did not have the mangrove trees around them. The mangrove trees, the root system that was so thick and so twisted and so complex, it actually for years and years had been a place where dirt and mud had gotten stuck. Like all of this stuff around the roots had actually gotten stuck in this twisted mess and it actually built up more earth underneath of the water. And so when the tsunami came and the waves came at these islands and threatened to take down the life behind the island, wow, it's amazing. The root structure, what was stuck in the root structure and these mangrove trees that were planted for a purpose became a breaker against the waves and the waves could go no further in order to impact the life behind the waves. Now, that's a whole episode right there because honestly, as, as men and women, right, we are planted in the waters. We want to be those where our root structures are so healthy and thriving and doing what they're called to do that when the storm comes, not only do we not fall, but we stand on guard, right? So generations to come are not impacted by what tries to take us down so that people behind us will see the power 
of uh, standing where we're supposed to stand, how God can use um, these roots in order to keep us grounded. The people behind the trees that were planted in the water actually survived were people who were positioned on islands that did not have these root structures in place. They wow. lost their lives. So you know what happened? Malaysia decided that that probably was not the last tsunami that was going to hit their great land. So they had, for years and years, they had been planting mangrove trees around every island. And where are they planting them? They're planting them in the water. I, it just does not get any more amazing than that, Deb. These trees were planted for a purpose they didn't know. The people didn't even know what these trees were going to be used for. But they were planted for a purpose. They, they were the breaker when the wave came that threatened to take out life. And now the nation is planting more mangrove trees in order to sustain life. God is planting trees in the water right? Because we are called for a position. We have a royal position and he wants us to be placed where we are to be in order to sustain life, not only in ourselves, but for those coming behind us in order to increase the kingdom and see God's plans and purposes fulfilled here in our lives. I'm just laughing because you thought you were just going on a day trip. <laughs> it's never a day trip, Debbie. <laughs> never. There's always more. <laughs> It's beyond. That's so true. So true. Well, as we wrap up today, we just really want to thank you for being here with us. Um, it's just a, a it's a great thing to be able to spend time together talking about God's word. I, I think about the fact that Debbie and I just said, hey, we talk about the Bible a lot. Maybe we should record it and invite other people to join us with this. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part. You know, if this has spoken to your heart, please share it with others around you. Um, God is moving. He's growing us all. And we want to be in position for where he is going to grow us um, into what he has for us to be. So God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next time where we are going to talk about our purpose in the twisting, uh, our purpose as trees and, and plants planted by the water and how God can and will use us in the places he plants us. Have a good day and we will talk to you then. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.